0: Got Your Ears On is brought to you by Tactical Legion 9. Alright everybody, hello and welcome to this week's episode of Got Your Ears On. Guido here
1: along with Scoot, Kaboom, and Johnson. Guido, we're hosting a portion of the Trapezoid of Evil this week.
0: I know, but before we talk about the Hokies from down under. Let's uh, let's let's look at this LIU game and what what Johnson could we have possibly learned from this LIU game?
1: Well, I we've learned could we've learned anything? I tried to tell myself like before kickoff, I'm not going to learn anything about this. There's nothing right. we're not going to we are going to feel like we learned stuff, but we're not going to learn anything. But scoot it turns out I learned that I have a whole lot more fun watching Garrett Green on the field. Oh, Honestly, I mean, that's what
2: I learned. It's it's night and day different. Like, Neil Brown is going to say that Jared Deggie is efficient yes, at the end of the game. Probably. that's That's great. Garrett Green was, I don't want to say electrifying, because I think that's a little bit of an overstatement. However, he certainly did give a shot of energy to the the whole program he
1: was just more fun wasn't he it was just more fun something else guido that was more fun too is uh winston wright kind of like just picked up right where he left off you know well i mean
0: and i think you're forgetting the most important thing johnson what's that winning winning's more fun oh there was
1: that part but we kind of knew that that was gonna happen right i mean mean, come on we knew that was gonna
0: happen 66 to nothing over the liu sharks or crows whatever there was a stretch
2: where we didn't think they were gonna get past midfield yeah, that's yeah, true. There, it, was
0: a, there was a point where it seemed yeah. that way. But I got, going to the Garrett Green thing, which I figured would be the, our big topic of discussion, and it is all over the Twitterverse of WVU, and even Neil Brown kind of, uh, you know, he didn't say anything of any consequence, but the way he framed it in his postgame press conferences, oh, well, we have to look at it. So, you know, we'll see what we see when we look at tape of Garrett is pretty much what he said. But Garrett Green leads the team with 98, 107 net 98 rushing yards, two rushing touchdowns with a long, that 25 yard run. And on top of that, he was four for seven, uh, throwing the ball for 57 yards. And he, even though I I will say this, guys, and we kind of mentioned this when we were on our text chain, he
1: looks tiny.
0: He's kinda like
1: Tiny Gary yeah, Green. He's he's like a homunculus. He's like Tana uh, Green. would you call him Tina Green? Tina Green. <laughs> look at here, Tina Green. Look at that quarterback. Look at that quarterback. That quarterback's tiny. But Scoot, he he became um he had the most rushing yards for a quarterback since Will Greer in twenty seventeen in one drive in one drive so like i'm not saying that so much to say that's how electrifying garrett green is but rather to say how
2: unelectrifying.
1: electrifying maybe i'll put it that way
2: the other so so what you're saying is when um the quarterback drops back and he sometimes tucks the football on his hip Garrett Green actually tucks the football on his hip yeah like it actually yeah. like he, he actually has the football he made and then the he threat might run of, it?
1: he made the threat of an RPO real in this game Guido and I mean he he actually I think I would argue you know I follow uh WVU stats guy on Twitter who I'll have some links to his stuff in the show notes but he pointed out that you know, Justin Johnson ran the ball so so much better than Letty Brown Saturday, which, again, I know it's kind of a weird matchup. We're, we're already saying, like, how much do you really learn? But Letty came in needing 104 yards to become just the 20th Mountaineer to rush for 2,000 yards. Scoot, he went for 31 on 15 carries. It I mean, was he, rough. No one broke a big run, and I think Justin Johnson was – arguably more effective when he was on the field. And I think that had a lot to do with the, the RPO.
2: It was an odd coupling. I thought that for whatever reason, Justin Johnson was somehow linked to Garrett green. Like why, why Letty can't run the ball or he's not like, is he allergic to taking handoffs from another guy or something? Yeah, I mean, it was on.
1: like a package deal. Wasn't it? Like, it was yeah, like it was a, a so weird. Why would that?
2: Like to me, that's wasted opportunities because you never know if, you know, if, if he's not going to start Garrett Green and he's going to start Jared Diggie, but let's say Jared Diggie gets hurt and you're in a close game, Letty Brown's going to still be in the game. Sure, yeah, sure. So why but, not work with those two guys together?
1: But I think the other thing we learned, Guido, or at least I learned to answer your question, to go back to your question, any, I, I started to say it before the Maryland game. We kicked it around a little bit. You know, uh, Once again, I think the offensive line is so happy everyone's mad about the quarterback. They're just sort of flying under the radar, but – Any concerns we had coming out of Maryland about the O line, I feel like we kind of solidified that in this game. We didn't have any runs over twelve yards, uh, and we really a lot of this game we didn't get just we really just didn't get any push against a team I thought we would have really you know coming in I just would have expected us to kind of shove all over the field.
0: I I agree, and I think what was super strange about it was that the the offensive line against a team that should not have given the offensive line problem. There should not have been, you know, against the L.I.U. Sharks, there should not have been much pressure on Jared Dagey or Garrett Green or even Goose when he was out there for a little bit. There shouldn't have been any pressure against them at all. And it seemed especially in that well, that first that real first series, uh, that there was, you know, pressure. And I'm not sure where the problem is because some of those guys are seasoned guys, Scooty. They've been you, around this program.
2: Do you feel Here's how I feel, and maybe I'm crazy and off-base, and you will tell me that because I know how you guys are. Um, I feel like the hype machine in the offseason was like in crazy overdrive, right? We, everyone was hyping up Jarrett Daigie, how much better he is, how improved he is. People were hyping up the offensive line. They were. Oh, they're so much better. They they got some seasoned guys. They look good.
1: Yeah, I, I honestly came in thinking that was going to be a strong suit because of all that talk.
2: In in both areas, I feel like maybe that's not 100%. Oh,
1: I think you're absolutely right. I think
0: it's absolutely not 100%. I mean, you know, Dagey, albeit 14 for 22 for 259 yards and three touchdowns. It, it at no point did it look impressive is that fair to say like it wasn't that he looked bad i mean he he looked how you i thought that it should have been more like madden type stats against this team and granted he got that's 259 passing yards playing not even two quarters of the game uh but it just yeah it's just it was Something about I'm I'm with you now. Like
1: I've got the bad Jared Dagey taste in my mouth. Well, and I think it. Someone tweeted out. Uh, it it feels very WVU to win 66 to nothing and not be happy about it. It feels very us to be to be doing that. But that's how I felt at the end of that game. Didn't you? I mean, well, it just. Well,
2: it's because we know what's coming.
1: It felt unsatisfying. It's a
2: false reality. It you know what's coming, you know I mean. I don't know that we would have been really happy if we had won 170 to zero just because that team was not very good and we should have just crushed them. But we know that it it's not getting us ready for next week. Scoot, you texted something um, right around the fourth quarter.
1: You, you texted me. You said, I'm mad that we played this game. And I realized I was sitting there thinking to myself – why did we play this game what was the purpose it's a of
2: horrible this? matchup like it, it was, doesn't get you ready yeah, for anything it,
1: it, it didn't prove anything it really i think people have spun it since saturday like well you know it's like a confidence booster and i was thinking for who really i mean no one
2: really wouldn't i'd you- rather play i don't know anybody else give me a uh a, a swack team give me uh
1: yeah or, like know, I, Madison, yeah, or like a James Madison, or like yeah,
2: I mean, like a Coastal Carolina. Coastal Carolina is really good right now. But give me somebody that maybe a Sun Belt conference so or something. Give us- it,
1: yeah, it it felt so weird by the end of the game. And Guido, I I'm gonna just go ahead and go on the offensive here because I've got a couple opinions I wanted to get your get your thoughts on. I Guido's been uh, Guido's been pro footballing it since we since we left Saturday. So I want to get his thoughts on a couple things. This, this is true. So I and Scoot, you too. I. I think there was also you sent me a text, <laughs> so we're we're up forty five nothing in the third quarter, and Jared Dagey's still in the game throwing passes, and I thought, why are we passing the ball? My dad looked at me about the same time and said, what are we doing? And my phone buzzed, and you text me, why are we not running the ball? And like all at the same time, I felt like. What are we doing? This feels very bush league. Like what? Like what are we doing here with this team? Well, why did he? Why did Jared Dickey go in the game in the second half? Right. And and I mean,
0: I and here's the here's the thing. And this is all I can. And I don't know if even know if there was any conversation about it because I didn't even. I don't remember hearing anything in the postgame presser either. Like. It felt very much like they were trying to run practice scenarios against L.I.U. Because, I mean, that was obviously what they did at the end of the first half where Deggie. It looked exactly like Deggie came in and he ran the two minute drill after after uh, uh, Garrett had come in and like,
2: so it was. And what did we get out of that? A field goal?
0: Yeah. And and here's the thing. In a close game, that two minute drill, that's important. And breaking. But again, I, I wasn't. I don't know. I think the, the I agree with you, Johnson, and the Bush League comment is the one I like because that's like, it felt kind of that way. Yeah. It's and, like, I
1: mean, you've got a team in LIU where, like, the quarterback, it's, at, you know, toward the end of the second, you know, second half, they're hiking the ball and then sliding down to avoid getting tackled. And yet you're still out here with the ones throwing passes. I,
0: and I'm going to, I'm going to throw out another scenario that's going to make Scoot hit the ceiling here. Like, Scoot, we're going to pe- we're going to be peeling Scoot off of his microphone when I say this.
1: Oh, I'm all for this. Okay.
0: Is is it possible that Jarrett Daigie was seeing all that the, that playing time in the second half because maybe Coach Brown and Gerard and all of those guys were a little worried that Garrett Green was going to put up too many points against LIU?
2: I mean, so okay, so 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 part of me thought at one point maybe wishful thinking. I was thinking, well, maybe he's running Jarrett Daigie out there just to say, hey, man. We've given you this chance. This is kind of like it. We're gonna just let you play a little bit here in the second half because we plan to go with Garrett Green the rest of the way this this season. That's part part in the back of my mind was like, please let that be the reason why Jarrett Deggy is still in this game. I I don't know. I, I hope it's not to hold them down. So somebody had tweeted earlier, like, so is it maybe that, that Neil Brown just doesn't like Garrett Green? Like maybe, not personally, but like maybe his style of play, he just doesn't like it. I don't well, know. Like, I've I...
1: developed a strong opinion about this, Scoot, since we talked on Saturday. And I'm glad you brought that up. I'd so like to f- hear it. So first of all, just before we leave that Bush League comment, Guido, I, and I'm not trying to be super negative, but this was the first time in Neil Brown's tenure that I felt, by the end of a game, I felt like I was cringing and embarrassed for him. Like when we had a targeting penalty late in the fourth quarter Just some penalties where it looks like guys are just trying to cream these guys for LIU any chance they get. I just thought it was a bad look. He post-game, post-game, Neil Brown said, you know, I was proud that the guys played quality football. It wasn't sloppy. And I thought, hmm, that's peculiar. And then I I think I've developed, where I was going, though, is I've developed this – like where I had no opinion of Garrett green. And when you brought him up early, you know, in a couple shows ago, I was thinking, I mean, it's a fun thing to talk about, but I'm not, I really don't have a strong opinion. I've moved from that to in these post game comments, something Guido alluded to it a little bit, but Neil Brown kind of went out of his way to say like, well, you know, he did some good things. He didn't necessarily do them the way we always wanted him to, or, you know, he made the comment like, I don't know. He's always wide open or on full throttle, you know, but he kind of does these hand wavy things about like how Garrett green's not ready and all this stuff. And I've developed this, like I'm forming, I can't put my finger on it yet, but I'm forming this opinion. Like, what are we doing here with Garrett green? Cause I'm going to be honest with you. Like, we're we're saying, well, he didn't throw the ball enough. I'm not really sure. I, you know, I don't know that I can trust his throwing. Well, guess what? I bet he can hit a screen pass, which is what we're going to need him to do and ask him to do. And he's way more exciting when that when the O line collapses down. I would argue that you need a Garrett Green way more than you need a, a, a Jared Takey to get out of harm's way. And then I, you know, honestly the more I would hear my coach sort of hand wavy me or away like what well, he's not ready You know, we gave him some reps here at LIU, blah, blah, blah. I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if I'm Garrett green, I start to resent that a little bit, you know, like if I don't start to get used in packages where like, it's a, it's an opportunity for a running, you know, a run option. And I never see the field. I, I think I'd start to maybe have some hard feelings. I, I don't know. Guido, what do you, what do you think?
0: No, I'm, I, I'm, I'm kind of with you and I'm I'm with you in the sense of like I don't know what they're doing with Garrett Green. And I and I and I'll say this and this is th- this is another thing. I think if Garrett Green doesn't start seeing more playing time in the next, you know, second half of this season, you, if especially if Jared DeGe continues on the track that he's on. I mean, obviously if Jared DeGe becomes amazing, it'll be a different story. But I think if everything stays
2: if status Jared quo, DeGe becomes amazing? I don't know. I'll you don't know around Scoop. my house <laughs> Shirtless, slapping my stomach uh, for an hour and a half.
0: I'm just saying, you don't know. You don't Non-stop. know. It could happen. It could happen. I, I think. I think you start to worry about Garrett Green hitting that transfer portal and leaving the program because he's not getting the chance. He, he's in a. He's in a position now where I think. In LA, at the LIU game, at least from the RPO side of it, he outshine Jared Dagey. I know, you know, you look at the box score and it doesn't show you anything. But uh, I think that when you see them play, he looked much more excited, much more into it, much well, more hyped
2: the, than Daigie does. The one does. game, and I know you guys don't like this, and I, I know Johnson, it rubs Johnson the wrong way, big time. Last year, Jar- uh, Garrett Green got into a game... And I think he ran the ball and got uh, maybe a first down or something, and then popped back up and kind of got in the face of the guy that tackled him. He stepped in. He stepped in. Yeah, over, right? something, something he to over that. Eastern Kentucky, yeah. yeah. And I know that that rubs, that is like opposite of Johnson's way of, of life.
1: Yeah, because you're playing Eastern Kentucky. I mean, like, come on, man. Like, what are you
2: doing? I liked it, though. And I liked it because he's not a mannequin. Like he actually plays with some emotion. Uh we went we were just going from Austin Kendall, who may be a very nice guy, but he was kind of like a
1: Do you uh, know you say that every time you reference Austin Kendall? time
2: Uh, well that's because he looks like a very nice guy. He does look like a very nice guy. guy. I mean he's a nice guy.
1: This guy is a nice guy.
2: But he's like a a piece of bread with butter. But listen, I'm I'm
1: I'm moving to your side though, Scoot. That's why I brought this up because I'm starting to defend Garrett Green because like there's 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 energy on the field Saturday when he comes in. Like I said, Justin Johnson looks like a better runner because I think I think Garrett Green's energizing that whole RPO thing they're trying to do. Now, look, am I saying he's the answer? No, and I've read. Tons of really good commentary. You should go check out Skylar Callahan's article he just put out earlier today about, you know, kind of a like, here's, you know, we're excited about Garrett Green, but you can't throw this kid to the Wolves in back-to-back games against Virginia Tech and Oklahoma. I get that's all practical. I get that. But here's what I'm saying: if we're gonna continue to go down this path with Jared Dagey, then number one, what do you got to lose? Number two, I kind of finally figured out why we were all mad after Maryland. I I couldn't really put my finger on it there last week, but I think I realized watching the game Saturday and just how jazzed we got about the energy on the field. You start to get resigned to the fact that it's like a, it's like a resignation. It's like a feeling of resignation where you start to re I think I start to realize when Jared Deggy's on the field, I see six and six and I'm pretty confident about six and six. And I don't see a higher ceiling.
0: Here's and honestly, Johnson, this is the path that I think we're on. And and I this this Saturday, and so we'll kind of pivot now to the Virginia Tech game. This Saturday is going to be you know do or die. I think in a lot of ways for Daggy, I think Daggy plays Saturday against Virginia Tech. I think no matter what happens Saturday against Virginia Tech, win or lose, Daggy plays against Oklahoma, and then. I think your best chance of seeing Garrett Green come in as a starting quarterback at this point would be the Texas Tech game back in Morgantown on October 2nd. Uh, I don't think that you – I agree with – you know, I agree with Skyler Callahan or, you know, I agree with all the pundits that are saying, you know, you don't want to put Daigie, or you don't want to put Garrett Green out there to hang
2: himself in these next two games.
1: Yeah, you don't want to kill his confidence in that problem. Yeah. I mean, I get it, and I don't argue with that.
2: If – Jared Dege comes out in the first two series result in two interceptions. Do we see Garrett green?
0: I don't think you do. I don't think you do.
1: No. And I think that I didn't, I didn't lay it on thick there earlier, but that's kind of where I was going in my, in my budding like defense of Garrett green. I think, I think Neil Brown for as much as I like him is being so stubborn on this topic. I think he's, really hitch the wagon to, to Deggy well, and I, and think I don't it know could, why, why. Scoot, I think it could get very ugly actually, and he's still gonna roll with, with Deggy. That's the impression. Well, I think I it's get already
0: now. I mean, I think it's already starting. I mean at least from a fan's perspective and in reading what you read and
1: Oh
2: the grumbling will be if yeah. If Deggy comes out and lays an egg in the first half against Virginia Tech, the crowd will be Unruly. I can I see mean, that. I just think I, that you're going to see. I think there's already some grumbling.
1: I, th- I just think you're going to see coaching be really stubborn to make that change.
2: I think when they brought Deggie out after the series with Garrett Green, I think people were kind of like, oh, come on, what's going on here? <laughs> Why? And then the second half, people were like, come on, play green.
0: Virginia Tech comes into town uh, this weekend. Number 15 ranked Virginia Tech right now, which is which is strange to me. Virginia Tech uh 2 and 0
2: right now. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm sure they are not happy that you just said it was strange to you. Well, you know, ranked. they
0: I think I, I mean, they they barely they beat a number 10 ranked North Carolina team uh, to start the season, which I think was an overhyped
1: Oh, North Carolina team. Like, uh, I mean, I don't. Sure. I don't, sure. Know. I don't not think. A ten, yeah, that, they're not a tenth ranked. No, team. I think they're you're not a tenth. Right. I mean, that, listen, that's a great win, but I think that's more reflection on North Carolina not being a ten than it is Virginia Tech being a wonderful team. But still, I mean, that's a great win. They got a lot of juice off of that last week. Guido, they get by Middle Tennessee State thirty-five fourteen. But if you go back and look at that box score at the half, that was a 14-7 game. It's not like they were blowing Middle Tennessee State out. So, right. I, you know, I think if you if you kind of go back each week when I post the the new show, I'm keeping up with what our picks were. I'm putting a little uh chart in there of like who picked what game, what the composite was, what the actual is. We'll kind of track that throughout the season. We all three, Guido, if you recall, picked this as a win for WU. Right. Now, I I'll go first with just kind of rehashing my opinion was at the time I really thought Virginia Tech, everything I had read about them, they're still really trying to figure out stuff on offense. They weren't entirely sure who who their running back was or it was going to be like running back by committee. I think their quarterbacks are still doing that. Their quarterback is a transfer in, um, and he didn't really light it up against Middle Tennessee State. I think he had just a tad over 200 yards passing and I think an interception against Middle Tennessee State. Um, So, you know, Actually, you know they're in. I. I mean, I. I don't know. This is going to sound ugly, but they're very much like us on offense, right? They're really. They mm-hmm. haven't really figured it out yet. I think they have a formidable defense, though. I think they have a. I think they have a defense that can keep them in games. You know, they. I think we're saying North Carolina may be a bit overrated, but they still held them to ten points. I think that's, that's a. You know, that was a good job.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, and I. I agree with you hundred percent. Like, I think. Virginia Tech is in a very similar situation that we're in now. I mean, for MTSU to come and play in Lane Stadium and, you know, we've seen Lane Stadium. Some of us have been to Lane Stadium. It's it's loud. It's big. It's it. It it can be, you know, for a school like Middle Tennessee State, it can be hard. Crowds a factor. Yeah. And you're right about their quarterback. So Braxton Burmeister that's his name, Braxton Burmeister, Uh, you know, didn't put up good numbers against Middle Tennessee State, 14 for 24, 142 yards. Uh, He also runs the ball a lot, so they're RPO as well, and he is their leading rusher right now for the season. So you've got to be – we have to pay attention to that, which is another RPO that we're going to see where a quarterback actually does do some running. Um, But with all that said, the best thing about this weekend for WVU is – Virginia Tech is ranked 15th right now. We're a a two-and-a-half-point favorite in Vegas. So a win really does help WVU look good moving forward after this
1: week. Yeah, and one other thing to sprinkle in on that. So James Mitchell, um, actually one of their star players, considered a leader on the team, tight end. He had his name in the NFL draft before this season, decided to pull it out, come back to Blacksburg. He is actually having season ending knee surgery after an injury he took in middle Tennessee state game. So I hate I mean, look, that's that's awful. You know, I don't wish ill will on anyone. That's terrible for Virginia Tech. So they come in with, you know, yet one more obstacle to overcome on with an offense that's not exactly hitting on all cylinders. So Scoot, I think. You know, that's that's one more thing that the defense should be able to key in on is one less one less weapon on the field for them Saturday. Is
2: this a another field storming worthy win if we win?
1: Well, Coach Brown acknowledged kind of since Saturday that this Virginia Tech game, he said he, he knows it's one of the largest home games of his tenure, Scoot. I would argue it is far and away the largest home game of his oh, tenure, wouldn't sure. you think?
2: Yes. I would I mean yeah. What well, that that I'm sure he's probably had that big rivalry against Iowa State game in his mind as the other big game. I mean, I I, mean,
1: I think a ranked Virginia Tech coming in to me, this is huge. This is a game that I'll be honest with you, this is a game that could change the trajectory. You lose this game, you head into Oklahoma, which look we all called a loss. You're suddenly one in three. I think it makes this a huge game, and
0: and, and on top of everything else. Are we excited for the opportunity to have the Black Diamond Trophy back in Morgantown? It hasn't been in Morgantown since 2003 was the last time that we beat. I was there. Virginia Tech.
2: Uh, I was there.
0: So you know, get that big lump of coal trophy and bring it back to Morgantown.
1: Yeah, come on, that'd be I huge.
2: I was there. The pepper spray was floating in the air. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's that's true. Now, does does Neil Brown? I mean. I like him. He's a nice guy. I always, I always try to precursor everything with. He's a nice guy. Oh, I'm sure he's a nice guy. And then I usually guy. hit him with a real nice <laughs> shot afterwards. He seems like a real nice guy. Does he have a signature win as a WVU coach? And if it is, what is it? Because I wouldn't know. Well, you know, I
1: think, I think I, I saw some, uh, you know, Twitter convo about this over the weekend, and I think. As weird as it might be to say, I think the I think the atmosphere and environment of the NC State game was that last year, uh, no two years ago, sorry two seasons ago. Um, I'd say that's one of the probably biggest, uh, best wins an, an ACC foe. Um, you know, we had a packed stadium. It was a great day. I think people think back to that when they think about like a home win that everyone was like, yeah, they walked away like with a shot in the and arm. And what's you know? crazy
2: though, is like, no offense to North Carolina state, but they're like what middle of the pack. No, ACC? I know. Right. No, That's what's I totally crazy. agree. Yeah.
1: yeah. So it's like, you wouldn't think that, but I think when people talk about stuff, they often reference that Wolfpack game, which is kind of a weird, so I to me, is this a big home game? Yeah, I think it's the biggest one he's probably been involved in.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely is. Uh, so, WVU uh, plays Virginia Tech this weekend, two-and-a-half-point favorites. I'm still going to say WVU win. Hmm. I'm just I'm more nervous about it. Uh, and all three of us said WVU win for this game, so... I'm, I'm more nervous about it, but I'm still sticking with my guns on it, Scoot. Uh,
2: I'm, I am – I well,
0: I guess – I mean, you have to own it. You have to stay with what you picked earlier. But I know. You can talk but about I waffling. Am,
2: I am waffling only because we'll have to see what this offensive line looks like. If this offensive line is getting smashed early and, and flattened, we're – like, Jared Dagey was getting sacked by LIU. What do you think Virginia Tech's defense is going to do to them?
1: Well, the only thing I would counter with is I think we have a really good opportunity to be doing the same thing when they have the ball, and so I think this is going to this has the potential to be like a classic WVU Virginia Tech pretty low scoring game, maybe scoring the teens, you know, low twenty, maybe not even get to twenty type of type of deal. And I think I think our defense and the crowd, I I think the crowd is going to be lathered up to a fever pitch they they've been waiting on this game you know people are already tweeting like i'm going are you going you know i i can see people already on on twitter like getting into it that way so i i think that's going to be a huge factor and i think there's enough like chinks in the armor of this virginia tech offense that our defense can really take advantage and then i'm just hoping we can do enough on offense minimum you know so i'm i'm trying to lean on the fact that four turnovers and we're still a one score game with Maryland. Uh, So I'm trying, you know, I'm trying to lean on the fact that if we just keep it pretty clean in that department, I think we got a really good chance to,
2: is there any chance that maybe the uniforms are what's pushing you over the top?
1: Well, no, because this is actually, this will be the third week in a row of crappy uniforms. I, I think that's another obstacle we have to fight through. You know, we had stupid white pants week one in college park. We had ridiculous gray uniforms last week And now we're heading into this Virginia Tech game in a in a a gold rush, which I like the sentiment for the crowd. But we look like giant bananas running around on the field. We've played some terrible, terrible games. (laughs) You know, you think of LSU. We let one get away in these banana suits. So, I I mean, I'm just I'm hoping that's one more thing we have to overcome, you know, but I but I think we can do it. I, I think we'll go
2: all yellow, all gold on gold on gold.
1: I think if we do, then we lose. I think it's if I turn the TV on and they're wearing <laughs> gold helmets, gold. then I, I'm all in on switching my pick to a loss. I think if they have, if I think if they're at least wearing blue helmets, then then we can we can do we can do it. We can get. What
2: uniform do you think Jared Deggy can hide the football on his hip better with?
1: I don't know. We don't really have a brown uniform, do we? We don't have an alt. <laughs> we don't have an alt brown. <laughs> alt brown. Uh so all right, anyways, anyways, Virginia
0: Tech Saturday at noon. Uh so and uh you can get that game is on Fox Sports One. So just so you know, not ESPN Fox Sports One. Other big news coming up in relation to games and game times. It was announced that the game time for the game at Oklahoma on the 25th, 7.30 p.m. night game in at oklahoma that game will be on abc nationally televised game yes, good. how
1: do you feel about that roll in there uh uh your favorite quarterback at the helm for a seven thirty p.m prime time tilt in norman how do you feel about that
2: well i think what it'll actually do is confirm uh my suspicions about the quarterback play with the rest of america because <laughs> they'll actually get to see what i've been seeing for a while wow. now Wow
1: that's gonna be
0: interesting. All right. Uh what else we have to talk about? Uh I guess we're gonna have new teams in the Big Twelve guys. Yeah. Uh, it's happening. <laughs> so that's happening. It's happening. Uh and how do I feel about it? The same way I felt about it when we talked about it last week. BYU BYU is super excited about this, by They're the way. Pumped. I don't know. They are pumped. They are pumped. They BYU is pumped about this.
2: Well, and I think legitimately so, because this gives them actually like a a legit path. To, to potentially get into a college playoff because now if assuming we stay in a power a designation, a power five conference, this gives them something to kind of hitch their wagon to because when you're out there in no man's land as a independent, it's hard. I mean, I would think it's it's tough to get those. Yeah, you play some big teams, but it's tough to kind of say, well, we were conference champions. You know, we deserve this. So I think that's a that's a big motivating factor for them.
1: And Guido, if you go yeah. by Twitter, what I've learned from the the addition of these four teams is BYU is stoked, UCF thinks they already own the conference. Mm-hmm. Uh, Houston has Dana Holgerson. That's all I've heard about there. You may you may have heard that for now. And Cincinnati's just happy to be here. Like Cincinnati, I yes. saw pictures like. That came out like what Friday, kind of officially Saturday. We saw pictures of like Cincinnati like uh, cheer team and stuff holding flags with Big Twelve insignias on it. I was like, wow, that's kind of that's, that's weird. Soon, yeah, yeah having, like, that's
2: early. Cincinnati shirts with the Big Twelve and right. like a, a paw. Or... Yeah, right. Yeah, I
0: mean, it, it, I, and I guess you know, uh, I I don't know if either of you guys have been to Nippert Stadium to see a game. Uh, I have. Yeah, uh, you know. I'm glad that at least with the addition of Cincinnati and probably the reality that West Virginia is not going anywhere and we're gonna we're big twelve bound, handcuffed, whatever for now, shackled, uh, it's at least gonna be fun that we've got a regional team that is easy easy travel game for fans to get to you know so load up the buses from Morgantown you're in Cincinnati in a few hours yeah
1: i agree Guido and the the last time i went to cincinnati to watch wvu play they actually moved the game to bingle stadium and it was actually a pretty fun game cuz you're in a pro facility you know it was a, it was a really yeah. nice place to watch a game uh you know there's there's much worse places to go than downtown cincinnati after a ball game so I, I, mean, I think I think
2: it's cool. too. Well, and I'll say this: I I think Mountaineer fans will travel to Orlando as well. Yeah, I, I think they'll travel think. to yeah, Orlando yeah. way before they go to Ames, Iowa, or Lubbock, sure. Texas, no, or me, me too, me too, right. Dallas, Fort right. Worth, or Waco or wherever. I think it, it, even though that might be farther, there's a stronger connection. Sure.
0: The so. other and the and we'll talk about this, and I'm actually excited to talk about this with uh, Mr. Solheim when he joins us in a few weeks, but. uh I I also like it for basketball. I think it'll be good for basketball. I think uh, you know those. Cincinnati ha- has a at least a track record of a team. Um, I think there's some potentially good things that could
2: happen with with basketball as well. Uh, UCF had Taco Fall. That's that's they its did claim have Taco to fame. Fall.
0: And UCF's had a good team for the past couple of
1: years, often. Yeah, on. much better than we remember them as. And and Houston was right. just in the Final Four. Um, and BYU is always strong and I, I think they're super excited on the basketball side too. So I think, I think I agree with you, Guido. It keeps, it keeps an already, like, even if you pull Oklahoma and Texas out of the mix, the basketball side is still super strong and I think this just bolsters it. I think big, the big 12 will be yet again, uh, even with all this movement, a premier basketball conference.
0: Um, a couple of other things I just want to touch on Then We'll take a break. Uh, one is if you haven't gotten a chance yet to see, Darius Stills' video because they had the play, they had played senior day for last year's seniors uh, at the LIU game. If you haven't gotten a chance to uh, to see that video, we tweeted it out. Check us out on Twitter at Got Your Ears. Uh, it's, a, it's an awesome video of Darius and just them announcing and his like emotions of it. So ch- check that out. It was, it was really cool to see.
2: Hey, fellas, I would be remiss if I didn't mention congratulations to friend of the show, Mark Rucker, who got his first Mountaineer carries. He ran uh yep. twice for six yards, which not too shabby yeah, for a guy awesome. that has a preferred yeah. walk on. Uh to me that says that he's been really working hard because there's other guys that didn't get in. So he's you know, he must have been putting the time in and uh and I'm glad he got a chance to to get out there with the, the crowd there. So it's yeah. pretty neat.
0: Super cool to see. Absolutely cool to see. And then also congratulations to Dan Strafford of the the WVU men's soccer team. Fifth Ranked in the nation right now after some big wins over Ohio State, too. So uh, awesome to him. And uh, the other thing I want to say, I don't know if you guys saw this or not, but the fact uh, Deuce McBride tweeted out a video of him seeing his nba 2k model <laughs> thing hilarious he was not like happy. just go check the, yeah he was not he didn't love it it was pretty funny it was a funny yeah, tweet check it out. uh so check check that out well listen guys let's take a break real, real quick and we'll come back with the number one game show on a west virginia university sports podcast it's a little game we like to call bluff the fluff so don't go anywhere you're listening to got your ears on Ortec Knives is a West Virginia-owned and operated company specializing in high-quality steel, fast-opening, everyday-carrying knives. If you go to vortechknives.com today and use the code G Y E O, you get a 25% discount on your entire order. That's VorTech Knives.com, a West Virginia-owned and operated company specializing in fast opening, high-quality, everyday carry knives. Vortech Knives. All right, everybody, welcome back to Got Your Ears On. Guido here along with Scoot and Johnson. Don't forget, you can find us online. Just look for us on the social medias. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Got Your Ears. And you can also find us on uh, Facebook. Just search Got Your Ears On. It's a great place to find out about our shows and when things post and what crazy things go through Scoot's head. Uh, I mean, we're all over the Twitter machine.
2: Hey, if you have a company or know of a company that's interested in sponsoring a segment or even any part of the show, slide into our DMs. Send us a message. We'll uh, we'll connect and we'll see uh, how we can help your company reach thousands of listeners. Yeah,
0: you can uh, definitely hit us up either on our social media or you can even call us, 304-518-GYEO. Give us a call, and uh, we'd love to have more sponsors on the show. We'd love to have more people involved with us. Yes. I mean, Unless, unless you're a Jared Dagie fan, you might not want to be involved with Scootin'. Uh, oh, he's be. a
2: very nice guy. He's a very
0: nice I'm sure he's a lovely Scootin'. I'm sure he's a nice guy. He sounds like he is. Well, guys, it's time for the number one game show on a West Virginia University sports podcast. No game show is better. I can guarantee you that. It's a little game we like to call Bluff the Fluffs. Guys, I got a good one for you this week. You know, we're playing Virginia Tech. We usually need to tune up and think about those teams. And so that's why this week we're going to be talking about
1: bottled water. <laughs> we're going to be talking Ooh, about bottled water baby. this week. What? Yes. Johnson's Curve nervous. Ball. Johnson's, Johnson's Not, nervous. I was already in the zone of, like, Blacksburg history of games. He's I know, I know
2: water. I know water.
1: Scoot does know it's uh, bottled water. We, uh, we're
0: going to do some quizzes on uh, different kinds of bottled water, what you know about bottled water. You both are uh, bottled water aficionados that's correct so to speak yeah allegedly uh so we'll see we'll see what you guys know guys just so you remember a correct answer in bluff the fluffs is worth five points a steal is worth 10 points and final bluff is worth 25 points as always we had a complete and total random flip of the coin before we started and johnson you came
1: out on top this week get to go first yes Awesome. Well, I say awesome, but often sets me up for a steel scoot. Uh, so I'm going to, I got to right. be, I got to be on my, uh, I got to like, on my uh, toes
2: here. Mr. I'm like, uh, what's a, is it Trey, Trey Songs? That was Mr. Steal Your Girl. <laughs> That's right.
1: Miss, Mr. Steal <laughs> Your Question. That's what you do. All right.
0: Here we go. First question, Johnson, to you What is the number one selling bottled water? Is it Dasani, Aquafina? Poland spring or smart water.
1: Ooh, is he setting, is he setting me up here, scoot or what? I feel like it's a setup. It's a trap. I feel like it's, I'm general Akbar right now. It's a trap. Cause he knows I, I've had in the past, a partial uh, favoring to Dasani. Dasani is Coca-Cola's, you know, offering of bottled water. It's gotta be, it's gotta be Aquafina or Dasani. Uh I'm gonna go uh I'm gonna go Aquafina.
0: That's correct. Aquafina, number one selling bottled water in the world. It
1: was so it was a trap, good. by the way.
0: It was a trap. Johnson mm-hmm. gets five points and takes the lead right there, Scoop. But don't worry. This next question is back to you. You seem very confident about your bottled water knowledge. I
2: am. I know my water well. All right.
0: Due to excessive levels of bromide, Dasani was once banned. Where was it banned? In Russia,
1: Saudi Arabia, the United Kingdom, or India?
2: Well, I um, I just I
1: thought you were gonna say Scoot's House. It was banned in Scoot's House. <laughs> uh, I
2: I think I read this recently. I'm gonna say the United Kingdom. That's
0: correct. It has been banned in the United Kingdom and in some parts of the EU uh, since 2004 because of excessive levels of bromate.
2: I would like to hear you say that with a British accent. No,
0: I wanted you <laughs> to. I started to say like yeah, your, you're cockney, your cockney mate? accent. You're bromate. bro-mate yeah. mate. There's no disaunee here. Uh, all right. Congratulations. Scoop, five points in the correct answer there. And Johnson, this next question is back to you. Smart water sets itself apart from the other water manufacturers because before they bottle the water, they, A, freeze and thaw the water, B, they distill the water, C, they test their water with 23 different tests,
1: or D, Jennifer Aniston approves
0: all packaging.
1: Man, well, I mean, that is compelling if uh, if friend zone Jennifer Aniston is in the mix.
2: Rachel knows her water.
1: She's Rachel Green. Probably does know her water. Um, I'm gonna say that Scoot. If Scoot, if it's been through a battery of 23 tests, it's probably smart, right? I'm going 23 tests. Sorry, that's incorrect, Scooty. Was it freeze thaw, distill, or
0: Jennifer Aniston?
2: Uh, I guess I'm gonna have to go with distill.
0: That's correct. They distill their water before they bottle it, so they. Mister, still your girl. Man, they just,
1: I thought it was already distilled. I thought they put it through a battery of tests after.
0: Yeah, I don't know. You, I like the battery test because it's smart water. That's why I wrote that. One.
2: <laughs> That's why he made up the question. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right here you go hold on you could also tell that guido was struggling with the fourth answer because he's like there can't be anything better than this 23 test thing let's throw uh jennifer aniston friends
1: was on in the background when he was no jennifer (laughs)
0: aniston did all those smart water commercials and stuff for like that's true yeah i don't know it felt like a decade she did a bunch of those so that's why i said that one all right here you go uh this next question is is to you Halstein water is widely considered the world's rarest bottled water because A. The bottle caps are 24 karat gold B. It takes 8 to 10 years to naturally filter the water C. They only make 5 bottles a year or D. It's only bottled by one person, 91 year old Ulrich Holstein.
2: That's a good question That's a good question. Uh, The answer that I thought was going to be there was not there, that it comes straight from the udders of a Holstein cow. Um, So since that was not there, I am going to go with, oh, that's tough. I am going to go with uh, B. It takes 8 to 10 years to be naturally filtered? Yes, that's correct.
0: That is correct. For five points, you take the lead. I really wanted you to pick Ulrich Holstein.
1: That was a good, was a well, good answer. It, I, so I want to know, I'm curious, is there actually a real Mr. Holstein or what?
0: I mean, somewhere there might be a guy named Ulrich Holstein in the world, but not. has nothing to do with his bottled water. All right, Johnson, uh, back to you. Scooty has a commanding 20 to 5 lead right now. I know my water. And I told you. I done told you. He is, he is, <laughs> <laughs> he done told you. All right. Evian is one of the world's oldest bottled water companies. They get their water from a natural spring near what famous lake? The Great Salt Lake? Crater Lake? Lake Geneva? Or Lake Lucerne?
1: I have no earthly idea, but Lake Lucerne feels like it goes with Evian. I'm going to say Lake Lucerne. (laughs) Of course. I'm
0: sorry that's incorrect, (laughs) Scooty. Is it the Great Salt Lake, Crater Lake, or Lake Geneva?
2: Well, um, Evian feels French to me. And um, that brings me back to my uh, education in which I learned about the province Alsace-Lorraine, which went back and forth between the Germans and the French throughout history. And because of that... That reminds me of Switzerland. And that's where Geneva is. So I'm going with Lake Geneva.
0: Wow, that was the longest answer you've ever given. It is a correct answer for 10 points
1: and gives you a 30 to 5 lead over Johnson. Just when I thought this couldn't get any more obnoxious, like just when I thought a discussion about bottled water could not get more obnoxious, Scoot triple up the ante. With With a small class of Alsace Lorraine
0: (laughs) and the Gene Lake Geneva. He, I mean, listen, the guy knows his his bottled water thirsty. So, uh, wow. All right, here we go. Next question, Scooty. This one's back to you. Last question before final bluff. What country did Voss water originate in? Is it Germany, Norway, Finland, or Denmark?
2: Norway, Guido. Norway.
0: That's correct for uh, five points, gives you a lead of 35 to five. And yet again, we
1: go into final bluff where Johnson, you don't have a chance to win. Well, <laughs> you, you, yeah. Voss feels very like now is the time when we dance. I thought it was like <laughs> German or something. So how do you even know that,
2: Skew? Uh, I had some Voss water it comes in a weird package. Yeah, it um, does. And uh, you I like weird package right up on so. it i read up on it and i read that it was from norway
1: big ridiculous square bottle fiji guy you are you love some ridiculous water water listen
2: i'll tell you like i tell uh, tell all the listeners as well if you drive a lamborghini are you going to put regular octane in there or are you going to put the high test stuff in there i drink uh, i drink fiji i don't drink aquafina I don't drink tap water. We
1: did. Did he just compare himself to a Lamborghini? He
2: did. He definitely
1: just did. get through this last question. Let's just get through this last question. I feel like when question.
0: Scoot talks about drinking Fiji water, it's like him flashing like, it's like he's the guy who's got like a big wad of ones, but he puts his 20 on the outside of it. That's that's what, guys who drink Fiji water he's, do that, He's right?
1: really feeling himself right now. You got to get through this last question.
0: All right, guys. So we're down to final bluff. As always, final bluff is worth twenty-five points, and we ask you guys to have buzzers to uh, to buzz in for the question. Johnson, what's your buzzer this week? For clone dog, polar, po- polar. Cloney gets the polar, the polar shout out. Uh, Scoot, what's your uh, what's your buzzer this week? I'm parched. He's okay like a pirate it's like a thirsty pirate is what it sounded like
1: or a pair or the parrot that's <laughs> on a pirate's shoulder is what the All right
0: here we go final bluff uh worth 25 points Johnson just trying to make it look respectable again um here we go Fiji has over 330 islands what island in Fiji does Fiji water come from is it Viti Levu Yeah. <laughs> <Wakakea? laughs> I knew you guys guys on this one You sound like some sort of weird freaking parrot Ovalua What
1: was the second
0: one? Wakakea Wakakea Ovalua Or Matamona Matamoa (laughs) Polar Oh, I want guys, come on. I saw you, you it it I'm
1: not giving you you've already been ridiculous With this whole thing. Oh, I just want Guido to repeat the answers to me.
0: <laughs> VT Levu? Wekakea?
2: <laughs> I like the first one. It's very French I Ovalua
0: mean. or Matamoa
1: I'm gonna go with a
0: Viti Levu.
1: Yes.
0: That's correct. It is Johnson. And for 25 points, you don't win. You come in second to Scooty, 35 to 30.
1: Uh, but you know more about Fiji water, which apparently. I didn't get Scoot... a chance to
2: answer. You guys were mid he.
1: I think one of the answers was Lene Kakua. I think, I that's think one he had of the something answers. in, in there. Davida Fanau? Yeah. I
2: think he had Davida <laughs> Fanau
0: in there. Well, congratulations, Scooch. You're on a run. That's right. Better to be. Did you win last week? Yes. Did he win last yes. week? Yes. You won that's three in a row. Some might say that's I have a three... case of the runs. That I think you do. That's off serve been getting you.
2: I wouldn't say that, but some might say it.
0: <laughs> All right. Congratulations, Scoot. You now lead ten to eight over Johnson in Bluff the Fluffs uh for twenty twenty. You you like you had the lead at the beginning, Johnson came back. Now you're kind of taking the lead over again. So, you know, that's 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 a way to go, Scoot. Thank you. Well, awesome, Scoot. So we're uh, we'll come back and we'll do a segment where we let Scoot pick his ears, or we pick Scoot's ears. I'm not really sure. So don't go anywhere. You are listening to Got
2: Your Ears On. Tactical Legion Knives, a West Virginia-owned and operated company that specializes in heavy-duty tactical knives and gear for the professional warrior, the weekend warrior, and the outdoor warrior. Our products are built tough. For who? For warriors. Hey, Mountaineer fans, make sure you go on Amazon and search Tactical Legion Knives. And when you do, make sure you put in the promo code 25TOBRADIO for TOB Radio. You'll get 25% off on Tactical Legion Knives.
0: All right, everybody welcome back to got your ears on guido here along with scoot and johnson and hey don't forget check out our website there's merch other things there tell them about it Johnson. there is
1: merch and other things there so when you uh log on to got you can uh find our latest show notes in blog form so if you hear, if you heard us talking about something and you want to check it out further all the links are there you can also find the link to the latest show right in the sidebar on any of those pages. As Guido said, you can click through to the merch store. We're already gearing up for our pullover guy shirt sales for our uh, this year's donation. Uh so check it out. It's all right there on gotyourearson.com.
0: Yeah, check it out gotyourearson.com and uh, order those pullover guy shirts early cuz we're donating to the fish fry again this year, boys, and we want to beat The almost $500 we sent last year, we want to send more this year. So don't forget, order your Pullover Guy shirts at GotYourEarsOn.com. Well, Scoot, you've got a new segment that we love. It's a segment where you give us some options and we pick our ears. What do you got for Scoot?
2: Okay, well, um, I'm sure you guys watched the football game and noticed that we had uh, a pretty, I don't want to say famous alum, but there was a, a... football alum that was on the sidelines and there was a lot of uh, photos of him and videos of him that were thrown out there on Twitter. Um, you know who I'm talking about?
1: Pac-Man. Yes, that's right. Pac-Man, Pac-Man
2: Jones. Pac-Man Jones was in the house on the sideline during the game. He actually, I think, was one of the first people that greeted Winston Wright after his uh, his kick return. I think you're right. Um, and Pac-Man, of course, we know that when he was a Mountaineer, he was uh, – kind of well-known for his return game. Um, And then he kind of translated that into a pretty solid uh, defensive back career in the NFL. So here's my question, though. Um, Also, I don't know if you knew this, but uh, Pac-Man, I believe I read that he's actually in the process of either adopting or at at the very least being a guardian for Chris Henry's.
1: Chris Henry's kids, yeah.
2: Yes. So here's my question. Thinking back to their days as a mountaineer, not not professional, because obviously Chris Henry did uh, make it in the NFL, but he did not um, survive long enough to, to see a long career. Which mountaineer would you rather have on your team? Chris Henry? Who are, let me say, who is more impactful? Chris Henry or pac Mace as a mountaineer?
0: Oh, that's a good that's a that's actually a really solid one. I mean, I think for me, I just remember more pac-man highlights as a mountaineer so i feel like and and i and again i think the not that chris henry doesn't have a personnel i think the personnel pac-man jones's personality at least when he was a mountaineer was a little more entertaining on the field uh so i'll I'll go pac-man jones on that one johnson
1: yeah i think um you know people forget chris henry when he was with the Mountaineers had this tendency to kind of flip the field. Like he would really mess with defenses. Defenses had to account for him everywhere. Usually they put their best defensive player on their best cover guy. They made sure they were on uh, Chris's side of the field. He really tormented people. And I can remember like people trying to shut him down and him still just making, you know, terrific plays and kind of owning people that were supposed to be wonderful cover guys. So you know I think we I think we forget that uh, about Chris Henry, but I think for me I'll always you know for all the for all the kind of bad publicity <laughs> that, that Pac-Man picked up during his pro career I mean I know we're just talking about WBU days but I'll always remember pac man always just being around the ball, ball hawking, always being in on tackles. Um, Guido, you probably you probably have the same vision of Pat. Like when someone just come up comes up to you and says Pac-Man Jones, the first thing that my mind always goes to is just terrorizing Kellen Winslow um, in Miami. Uh, you know the the game in like two thousand three, the run with Quincy. You know that game was such a great yeah. game. It's a shame we didn't pull that out. Pac-Man Jones pretty much going toe-to-toe with with Winslow, who was more than a head taller than him at the time. I mean, Pac-Man just – he backed down from no one. He took on everyone. And I think for that, uh, he was such an anchor on our defense. I, I think I'd go with Pac-Man Jones too, Scoot.
0: Well, and I think I think Johnson going back to like thinking about what you remember about those two guys. Like, I t- I totally remember that about Pac-Man. and the things I remember about Chris Henry aren't quite as fond. Like, I remember. Well, you
1: remember him giving the finger the to everyone at the Rutgers game, yeah, yeah.
0: And then he and then he, and then Rich Rod
1: suspended him, or the, <laughs> yeah. I don't know if Rich Rod did or somebody yeah. did for the pit right. game. So that's what I well, remember. He was so. he was a super fiery guy. It was almost like you were trying to harness him and point him in the right direction. I felt like half the time, right.
2: Uh, for me i mean i think overall pac-man was probably more impactful however when you looked at the two guys chris henry looked like a pro like to just look at him oh, on the oh, side, oh sure. I mean, yeah he sure. just looked like a pro like yeah he, pro receiver
1: pro, size yeah, yeah like he
2: he had all the makings of a pro right um, pac-man i think had to Probably work a little bit harder because he was kind of a smaller guy. Yeah, he kinda had to
1: punch above his weight class a lot and show people how tough he was. You know, I think right. I think and, and first, that might be
2: why he did so well, yeah, he had that chip on his shoulder. Right,
1: always playing with a chip on his shoulder.
0: Yeah, and Chris Henry Chris Henry only one of only three Mountaineer players to average more than twenty yards a
1: catch. Which for his think career. about that. I mean so, that's insane. That's twenty yards per like catch. We can't we
0: can't get a twenty yard catch <laughs> in a season <laughs> in a game. <laughs> <laughs>
2: okay. Uh, here's another pick your ears. You ready? Okay. All right. WVU has also had a couple of tough guys, um, at least in, in the last 20 years. I mean, they've had them beyond that, but I'm going to keep with what I know in the scoot era.
1: Yes. In the scoot saying. era. In the scoot in the uh, era. Yeah.
2: Who would you say is a tougher Mountaineer Grant Wiley or Owen Schmidt? Oh, man. This is a
1: terrible. Like, why do you do this? These stuff? Are, why do you do? Why these, do you these do are this? So, stuff? Sometimes these are so hard. Uh,
0: again, this for me. This goes back to just I can't. I honestly, Scoot. I think you could probably do anybody versus Owen Schmidt for pick your ears, and I would pick Owen Schmidt just for the orange ball and the speech and the greatest state thing. Like. So I mean I know you're sh- shooting for toughness here, and I mean we got Owen Schmidt was tough. I mean, take you remember when he first went into the NFL and he got, he couldn't play in the game because he bloodied his head during with pregame hit with a helmet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I'm gonna go Owen because I mean, he's just he's the boss. You can't how do you not play? I games? think
1: Scoot asks this question because he knows Grant Wiley is like one of my all-time favorite mountaineers. And this is a such a tough such a tough question to think about cuz when i think about grant wiley he put some of those like those early rich rod defenses were on grant wiley's shoulders guido i mean they just sort of rode right you know we we don't you know we don't if if you were rooting for the mountaineers during that time and you really go back and think about it grant wiley was owning the field grant wiley was making interceptions at the linebacker position just you know just doing things that really he shouldn't have been doing at the linebacker position but when i think about if, if you hadn't framed it this way, scoot and you just asked me to pick a tough guy mountaineer, I, my, my, my mind is gonna gravitate toward Owen Schmidt. I think I still have to pick Owen Schmidt. I think there will be few people that I think of that are tougher than one Owen Schmidt.
2: I, I agree. Um, I would argue that Grant Wiley may be the one of the sole reasons why the 335 kind of stuck. Right because that that was still kind of early in the Jeff Castile yeah defensive coordinator, and he definitely days. made it work right. Yeah. And I think that's you know early enough that it kind of allowed that defense to kind of you know what this works because he was everywhere and, and yeah. Yeah. he was kind of like David Long was in on every tackle. Grant Wiley was in on every town. Everywhere.
0: Yeah. I know why Scooty. Scooty's picking Grant. Grant Wiley. Here's the thing about Grant Wiley. He's had the more interesting life after mountaineer. So, you know, neither of those guys really had NFL careers of any sort. I I, I know Owen got drafted. I don't think Grant Wiley ever was drafted. They both played in the NFL or went to training camps. Uh, Wiley with the Vikings and Owen with a few teams. But Grant Wiley went into acting he went into acting he's been like on he was in sex and city the movie he was on the wire yeah. he was on all my children like he's yeah, done acting he's
1: had a very successful career doing
0: that. Yeah. yeah so i i do i will i will tell you that's that's definitely something interesting about him
2: uh, i would say owen i i just think like you guys said uh slamming your head off a helmet repeatedly um just some of that's uh, he's just you know just a tough guy like he didn't and he had to work hard to get to where he got. Right, he was he was at Wisconsin Whitewater before he came to before yeah, he got yeah, to WVU. Right. I mean, yeah, right. the chances of guys transferring up divisions is super unlikely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you see guys right. go from D one to D two, but you don't see it the other way around. Right. So uh, he just that just goes to show you the character. Not to take anything away from Grant Wiley, but uh, I would go Owen Schmidt as well.
0: That's a that's good, scooter. That's two really good pick your ears. I appreciate it this week. So, thanks for uh, bringing those to yeah. us. Anytime. All right. Well, listen, guys, it's time to wrap it up this week. We face Virginia Tech on Saturday at Mountaineer Field. That game is at noon on Fox Sports One. So don't forget to not miss that game. Uh, and we'll be back next week with another show. Don't forget, you can find us online. Look for us on Instagram and Twitter. You can find us there at Got Your Ears. You can also find us on Facebook and check out our website, Got Your Ears On. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll be back next week. You've been listening to Got Your Ears On.